the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. If you have friends or relatives in the state of Florida, I hope they are safe and that they are not trying to beat the storm by hunkering down and staying where they are because the hurricane is uh, starting to blow pretty heavily, 40 miles per hour, up to 60 miles per hour, 155 mile per hour winds are expected. Category 4, the difference between a Category 4 and a Category 5, is not more than a few miles per hour. So the wind speeds expected will be adequate to not just knock down exterior walls, but interior walls, um, demolish entire homes, a storm surge of 12 feet. So the hurricane gathers water as it spirals, it picks up water. And then when it blows in across the coast, of course, it's not. there's no water. It's land. But the water's up inside the hurricane. And it then dumps that water inland. And it brings 18 inches of rain with it. So it is a catastrophic situation. We'll have comments from Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, uh, who did get a call yesterday from Joe Biden, the president, after Biden's people at the White House were questioned relentlessly about why is he not calling Ron DeSantis? Why is he calling the mayors of Tampa, who's not, her her party affiliation is not listed. She's the first openly gay mayor of a major city in the United States. Okay, so guess what her political affiliation is. The mayor of Clearwater, Florida, who is uh, a moderate Republican, and the mayor of St. Petersburg, who is a Democrat. Oh, I figured they were all Democrats. Yeah, I thought they all were, too. <laughs> the actual, the, uh, Saint P- the uh, Clearwater mayor, he also does not have his affiliation listed, but I tracked it down and he is a moderate Republican. So uh, I don't know if that makes him a semi-fascist or not in Joe Biden's eyes, but uh, Joe Biden uh, did call Ron DeSantis because he was shamed into it. Uh, Speaking of being shamed into it, let's start with a local story before we get to the hurricane. Uh, I'm a graduate of Ohio State. I went to Ohio State uh, in in an era spanning the late 1970s and the early 1980s. Uh, which is which coincides with the time when uh, the late Dr. Richard Strauss was uh, sexually molesting uh, many, 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 many male students and male athletes. Uh, this has been a story that has been in the news uh, for several years since uh, Ohio State admitted to Mr. Strauss's crimes in 2018, and hundreds of victims have come forward. I know some people who were molested and violated by Richard Strauss. Uh, Ohio State has paid a lot of money to a lot of the victims. 
But in the mind of Ohio State, they have paid enough money to enough of the victims that they now do not want to pay any more money to any more victims. They said no to 100 plaintiffs who still had outstanding claims. And those plaintiffs went to court and those plaintiffs won in U.S. District Court when a three-judge panel overturned an original ruling that said, yeah, you guys didn't file your claims in time. So this is a statute of limitations argument. There is nothing that says Ohio State is precluded, not allowed, to pay the remaining victims in this lawsuit. There is no law out there that says, oh, sorry, Ohio State, you're not allowed to pay these guys. No, they are allowed to pay them. So it's Ohio State's decision to go to court contending that some of the victims did not file their claims in time, which I would say qualifies as a a legal technicality. It's not a tiny legal technicality because the statute of limitations is one of the first things that you talk about. Did you file your case in time? No, you missed the statute of limitations. But in a civil case like this, in a civil case like this, Ohio State has the option to say, look, we know we're not obligated, assuming the legal system says that you plaintiffs did not meet the statute of limitations. We're not obligated to pay, but we are so sorry for what happened to you, and we feel that the right thing to do is to pay you damages, like we have paid damages to other clients. It's not that your claims are any less valid on their on the existence that they happened. It's not that Ohio State is saying, no, no, you're glomming on to a case where there were actual damages to actual people. We don't believe you were damaged. Ohio State is not saying that. Ohio State is not saying that these hundred plaintiffs were not sexually violated by Richard Strauss during what were supposed to be just medical examinations, but were perverted, demented, evil actions by Richard Strauss, who took advantage of the trust that these young men had in him because they were sent to him by a coach or in the normal course of a day at the University Student Health Center. Ohio State is not saying these guys weren't damaged. They're making no claim of that. What they're saying is, you didn't file in time. You didn't file in time, and so we can avoid paying you. So we're going to move heaven and earth and exercise every legal trick we can come up with to not pay you. This, to me, is extremely unflattering to Ohio State. This, to me, is wrong by Ohio State. Uh, This, to me, does not at all speak to the current level of wokeness that washes over every aspect of that university, which now has a lesbian president and which would, without any doubt, do every single thing it could to punish any student or faculty member on that campus who voiced the slightest objection to any bit of the LGBTQ ideology. If you're a faculty member 
and you were to speak out against gender-affirming care, if you were a faculty member and you blew the whistle on uh, CRT concepts being taught at Ohio State, if you were a student and you tried to get uh, one of the hallowed DEI professors or administrators fired or said, even protested against the millions, the multiple millions that Ohio State spends on diversity, equity, and inclusion, you would find yourself in the crosshairs of every weapon that Ohio State could muster against you. And yet, and yet, we have proven victims of sexual abuse by an Ohio State doctor in the 1970s and 80s. And Ohio State has now asked for, rather than paying their claims, rather than even allowing their claims to go to court, they don't even want their claims to be aired in court. They have now asked the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals to rehear a case they lost to a three-judge panel in that court. It is called an N-Bank Review, which you can ask for it. Even the similarly woke Columbus Dispatch says this is a very rare occurrence. Ohio State wants all 16 judges in the U.S. Sixth Circuit to hear this case because they say this involves a case of, quote, exceptional importance. I guess exceptional importance means uh, something that could cost them millions of dollars. They'll spend millions of dollars on building pretty much any building they want to build. They'll spend tens of millions, if not a billion, on their medical center, which is fine. We need great medical centers. But I don't think Ohio State is in the business of doubting that uh, sexual harassment, sexual abuse is a legitimate claim. But Ohio State is in the business of trying to avoid its responsibility for those claims on a legal technicality. These were athletes. These were people who were promised the finest of care, the finest of coaching. And I can't help but contrast it to the fact that here we are in an era where athletes can be compensated for the university using their name, image, and likeness. We have we have athletes at Ohio State who are driving cars that are valued at more money than your house is worth. We have athletes at Ohio State who are getting paid tens of thousands of dollars a year because they are an athlete. Yet the athletes who came before them, Ohio State doesn't even want them to have their day in court when they were violated in a way that has inflicted upon them considerable psychological abuse, physical abuse, and genuine harm. Not concocted harm about, oh, you said I, I'm living an immoral life. Ooh, that's violence. No, this was actual violence done to these people. And Ohio State is committed to not doing the right thing. Well, this is uh, hmm, unfortunate and awkward. Uh, Joe Biden, your president, uh, this morning 
was at the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition, and Health. And he was looking for someone in the crowd uh, of legislators attending who he could not find. Uh, Listen to Joe Biden looking for someone who uh, could not possibly have been there. I want to thank all of you here for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. Uh, Jackie could not be there. She has a previous engagement in heaven, where she has been since being killed in a car accident in August. The person he's looking for is Indiana Congressperson Jackie Walorski. She died in August. It made all the papers, Joe. Not that common that a sitting U.S. Congresswoman who's loved on both sides of the aisle because she's a former missionary and because she's a was a woman with an unbelievably great heart. That's why she was supposed to be, if she were alive, at the Hunger, Nutrition, and Health Conference at the White House today. He's looking for her, but ah, slipped his mind, Mr. Compassion, that Jackie Walorski died. Does it seem plausible to you that a president of the United States would forget that one of 435 congresspeople killed in a car accident? Do we have so many congresspeople killed in car accidents that that would not be such an outlier that you would remember things? Like, don't we remember things that don't typically happen? I know he's almost 80. I get it. Still. Still. That's a really bad look. I'm going to go there. Imagine if Donald Trump forgot the death of a Democratic congressperson. Imagine. You know how that would go. Also imagine how Trump would have been excoriated if yesterday, with a monstrous hurricane bearing down on a southern state, let's say it's uh, in the Gulf, and it's Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, Louisiana, and the governor of the state were a Democrat and a vocal opponent of the president, a possible future political opponent of the president, somebody who had made the president look really, really bad by flying migrants to Martha's Vineyard, or in Trump's case, to like a Trump golf course somewhere two weeks ago. And President Trump said, well, you know, I called the mayor, but I called the mayor of New Orleans, but I didn't call the governor. Uh, That was Joe Biden's stance yesterday until Corinne Jean-Pierre and others kept getting asked about it so much that Biden did call Ron DeSantis. But here's how this Hurricane Ian thing is going to happen, okay? I'm going to lay this right out for you right now. We already have wackos on the web posting on social media that Florida deserves the damage it's going to get from a hurricane because Ron DeSantis is evil and that this is fitting or that this is karma because the reason they're cheering it is, of course, because there's going to be widespread damage in Florida and it's going to give the left a chance to get rid of, they think, Ron DeSantis as a political threat to them because before the the hurricane's still off the coast, okay? Like there's still TV people 
standing on the coast, standing on the beach. The waves are up, the wind is blowing, but they can still do that, right? You don't even you don't have to do the Jim Cantore. You don't have to lean 45 degrees into the wind now and have it hold you up. It's not there yet, but already, already they've made up their mind on the left that Ron DeSantis has botched the hurricane recovery in Florida. And the saddest part of this is that a great deal of how much a state can handle an extremely challenging situation like this is how much cooperation it gets from the federal government. Now, let me ask you a question. Who was Louisiana's governor when Katrina hit? Do you remember? Do you remember who Louisiana's governor was when uh, Katrina hit? Do you remember who uh, New Orleans' mayor was when Katrina hit? No, what you remember is that George Bush screwed up Hurricane Katrina, right? You don't remember that Kathleen Marie Blanco, a Democrat, was the governor of Louisiana. You don't remember that, do you? Because she was absolved from anything that happened in New Orleans during Katrina. Do you remember the mayor of New Orleans? I remember because Ray Nagin was accused afterward of taking federal money and sticking it in his own pocket. And in fact, he was sentenced to 10 years in prison because of things he did that were untoward with federal money provided for Katrina. But you don't remember that either, do you? Because Ray Nagin was a Democrat and Ray Nagin was black. He had two intersectional boxes that he could check so that you couldn't hold him accountable. But right now, the left has already decided that Ron DeSantis is at fault for whatever happens to Florida because, A, it wouldn't have happened unless he brought it on them by being a meanie who put migrants on an air-conditioned private jet to Martha's Vineyard, one of the world's top vacation spots. That was cruel and unusual punishment. So I'm going to play this comment from Joe Biden so you remember what he promised to do for Florida. He's not going to do it, but remember what he promised to do for Florida before Ian came aground. The storm passes. The federal government's going to be there to help you recover. We'll be there to help you clean up and rebuild, to help you get Florida get moving again. And we'll be there at every step of the way. That's my absolute commitment to the people of the state of Florida. Absolute commitment to the state of Florida. We'll be there for you every step of the way. Every step of the way. We'll see. We'll see. Here's the beauty of it from the Biden perspective, from the leftist perspective. You can say it, and then you can just, oh, I'm sorry. Like, uh, we're sending it. I, I, I don't know why it's not there yet. I don't know why. You know, we called it. They're they're not responding. Really, they're not there yet. They haven't helped you yet. And the other side of that coin is, if DeSantis, and I have no doubt, he will knock this out of the park, he will get it done with the help of people from, he said, 17 states today, including Ohio, AEP is sending crews down there. DeSantis will manage this and will do a great job. And guess who will get the credit? Biden and the feds. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.